1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 27. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot were to say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear were to say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor. And our less respectable members are treated with greater respect. Whereas our respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, given the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body. But the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. May God add a blessing to this reading of the text and cause it to be the inspired word for us today. Amen. Well, welcome home. Amen. The family reunion. <laughs> it's, it is nice. There are a lot of people gathered here today. It's been a long summer it's nice to have everyone back after after summer how many of you had family reunions this year we haven't uh, i haven't had a family reunion in a long time but we used to do it when i was a kid all the time family reunions are fun they're they're huge events they're great times uh we always did it around thanksgiving in my at the price family and uh, they're kind of a mixed bag Right? Family reunions are kind of a mixed bag. Uh, they're, they're fun times. I, when I was a kid, they were, I loved them. Of course, kids love them. Uh, I loved them. Uh, but I could tell it was kind of a mixed bag for my father, uh, the Price family reunion. Because we would always go to my Uncle Bob's farm in Toledo, Iowa. And it, it was fun for me because I, I never been to a, I never spent a lot of time on a farm. That was foreign territory for me. And I was always, I was like, I was from Clearfield, but for my cousins in Toledo, that was like the big city, right? I was city slicker, Curtis, <laughs> uh, which they took full advantage of the fact that I'd never been to a farm and I did all kinds of crazy things like snipe hunting and cow tipping and they took, they made me do a lot of weird things that <laughs> I'm probably scarred for life from. 
And my father loved going, I think my dad loved going back to the farm. He, he kind of felt in his element, so he loved that. And his favorite older brother, Bob, that was his farm, and so he loved that. And my dad and Bob, Bob, Uncle Bob had, uh, my dad and Bob both have this penchant, if you will, for machinery and mechanics. And so my dad was a mechanic by trade before he was a lot of other things, but he was in his heart of hearts, he's kind of a mechanic. And Uncle Bob had this collection of engines. Now this never made any sense for me. My uncle, he had all these engines. Some of them were this big. They were little tiny motors and engines. They were motors and engines. They didn't do anything except run. They would just sit there and go And we would watch them with fascination. <laughs> and some of them were giant, and they'd go, and we would watch them with fascination. They didn't do, they didn't run anything, but there they were. And he had, he had dozens of these things out in a barn, and we would go out there and hide the beer from Grandpa, because my, my grandfather, this was part of the angst my dad had. Part of the anxiousness was that, I mean, he would love to go to family reunions because, you know, we got to hang out on the farm with my Uncle Bob and we'd get to watch these motors and drive a tractor maybe. And we'd watch these, and we'd hide the beer from, from Grandpa uh, because Grandpa was a Church of God and Holiness preacher. And we didn't cotton to beer, uh, we had a lot of black cherry soda, but no beer was allowed, and, and you know, my father was in his 50s, but still hiding the beer from grandpa, <laughs> so, so I think it was a bit of a humiliating experience for my dad, but, <laughs> and, um, and, the, and all of his sisters married preachers, which, which my father didn't really care for <laughs> either. So there was, you know, there was no shortage of a bunch of people looking out for the beer, which was kind of a, a pain uh, for my, you know. So, so, there, so, you know, family reunions are kind of a mixed bag. So you got, like, and it was, there were a bunch of people. And we're running around, and, and grand, you know, Uncle Bob had these hay bale, you know, big giant rolls, and we would play hide and seek and king of the mountain in the hay bales. Me and my twenty cousins from the farm, and they would knock me over. And they were fascinated with my moon boots. They'd never seen moon boots before in Iowa. I was the city slicker, remember? <laughs> and and uh, those were all, you know, I, I love, you know, family reunions were just a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, and we had the, there's always the one brother that was kind of the, the one that everyone was like, oh gosh, you know, it was my, it was my uncle Ronnie. <laughs> that everyone was like, oh, here comes Ronnie and Ronnie. I hope they don't listen to these sermons. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, in my family, I can't think of who that guy is, which probably means it's me. <laughs> I don't know who the guy is that everyone goes, oh my gosh, you're good. So it's, it's probably me, right? <laughs> That's probably what that means. 
But family, and, but here's the thing, it's like, like there's always, like in my family, family reunion, when I get together with my brothers, there's kind of, there's some anxiety about it because we're, we're, I'm very different than they are. We get into, sometimes we get in arguments, usually about politics and stuff like that. Because I'm a bit of a different guy in that regard. I'm the black sheep of the family in this, in this arena. And I always have some anxiety around that. However, I'll tell you that every time I have anxiety about that and I think that it's going to be this big awful thing and, I, and I, there's a particular brother that I worry about that, that it's going to be this big, you know, oh, gosh, I, oh, it's going to be this big thing and I'm going to get into this big fight and it's going to be this ugliness and I dread it, I dread it, I dread it, I dread it. And then we get together and we have this thing and I always walk away going, why did I worry about that? We had such a great time and... I realize I miss my brothers, and, and we all, I always walk away going, oh, that was, it was so nice to see him, and why was I worried? Why was, even though we're so different, we're family. We're family. And we belong together. We need each other. We, we are family. We're bound together by something that transcends you know, our arguments and our, and we get, I mean, they're, they're important things. Don't get me wrong. They're important differences that, that's why we argue, because they're important. <laughs> but there's something there that transcends that. It's our blood. It's our upbringing. It's our parents. It's our love for one another. Amen? I think Paul, in our letter today, is talking about the exact same thing and talking about the church, the body of Christ. And he's talking about the church, the body of Christ. A body is made up of hands and feet and fingers and noses and eyes and hair and ears. And, and you can't have just a bunch of eyes. and You can't have just a bunch of ears. You, you, we're made up of different parts and it's by design. And we need it that way. And when... You know, when fingers are gone, it's a lot harder to get things done. You know? When limbs are gone, it's harder. You can get things done. Now, I have a lot of veteran friends, and some of them have come home without limbs. And these strong people get things done, but it's a lot harder. They, it's a lot harder. They have to work extra hard to get things done. I have people who've lost eyes and they get things done, but it's a lot harder. They have to work extra hard at it. Right? You're, you're missing something. And, and sometimes there's things you just can't do. Right? If you're in a wheelchair, I'm sorry, there's things you just cannot do. And you're just, you're stuck with that situation. And I think Paul is getting at the fact that there are things we cannot do when, when we are missing parts. And he's talking about the body of Christ. He's talking about the community. He's talking about, specifically he's talking about a community in Corinth, but he's talking about the church. And I'm talking about the church. You know, I was taught by my preaching professor, Russell 
uh, Dr. Russell, Keith Russell. He told me, uh, he gave me this tip uh, when I was learning to preach. He said, you should write at the top, what do I want people to do as a result of hearing this sermon? I should do that every week. And once in a while, I do. (laughs) Once in a while, I actually write that down. For this sermon, I wrote that out. I'm going to let you in on what I wrote. As I'm giving away the ending here. I'm gonna, what I wrote out is, I want people to come to church with a sense of call. That is, I want people to feel like they are called to be in church and in this community. Like it's a calling. Like God has called you to be here. Not because you're getting something, although I hope you do. I hope you, not, I hope you come here and you get your spirit filled, you get your cup filled every week on Sunday morning. But, you know, I, I, you know, I hope that happens. I hope you get, I do. I, when I leave here on Sundays, my cup is filled, amen? My cup is filled. I feel great. I feel good. I, and sometimes I come in here not feeling great. I try not to show you that, but I, I come in here not feeling great. And I leave with my cup filled every time. You bless me every time. But that isn't really why I hope you're coming. I hope you don't come here just to get what you have coming. I hope you feel like God has brought you here and put you here and has said you need to be here because this place needs you. You are the foot that this place needs. And without you, we're hobbled. We are hobbled if you're not here. We're limping. Because when you... I mean, I hope you feel like... that. Maybe you don't understand. But we are less when you don't show up. I'm going to call this sermon the ministry of presence. The ministry of showing up. We are less when you are not here. When you're here, I am blessed by your presence. And we are a body. And when you're not here, we're hobbled. That's really what I'm getting at. I want you, what I want this sermon, what I want you to do as a result of this sermon is come to church and be a part of this community like it's your calling, like God has called you to it. That's really where I'm going. And that's what Paul is trying to get at. We, we've, been caught, we've been laced together like a family. And, and we're less when we're apart. We're less when we're apart. And I know, I know I'm preaching a lot to the choir. But you know, it's Celebration Sunday. And this is, the, this is the day I have in my mind to set a tone for the year. And what I realized is, is over the year, over the last year, you know, is that we missed a lot of folks. That's why I said I, I hope we extended an invitation to the folks that have been gone. I think we missed a lot of folks, and I don't. I think people. I think people didn't realize that we miss them when they're gone. That we're missing something. And I hope you know that we're hobbled when we're not all together. That we're missing something. 
And so it is my prayer that this year, one of the things we're working on as a community is this sense of church as the community, not just Sunday morning. I'm talking about the community of Christ as a calling to be together. Because, you know, we, the thing, what we do as a church transforms the world. And nothing less than that. What we do as a church transforms the world. And nothing less than that. Amen? God has given us God-sized things to do. And we can't do it if we're not showing up. Amen? But what I want you to do, and all the folks who aren't here, (laughs) and you can tell them, (laughs) what I want us to do together is to come to church like it's a calling and be the body of Christ and be the family of God. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Our loving and gracious God, you have called us together. You have made us a family. We are different from one another. We don't always get along. We don't always want to be here. Uh, we, all, we, we, we can often find better things to do. The sermon's not always great. The music isn't always what we want. Uh, you know, there's things to complain about. People insult us. Uh, people get on our nerves. Only because it's a calling sometimes will we be here. Help us, help us to feel that sense. Help us to be the body of Christ you have called us to be. And may we, throughout this coming year, may we learn how to instill that within ourselves and within this community and within others here in this family. We ask all of these things in the precious and powerful name of Christ. Amen. Okay, so being a, being a bleeding...